Greetings and salutations. We are so excited to be back with you with a ZB cast. It has been probably about six months since the four of us have been sitting around this wonderful folding table in Aaron's basement, but we are excited to be back with you. Uh, we would like to announce... Um, we had a writer's of, strike. Yeah, yeah the, <laughs> the writers decided, uh, the, the Restoration Writers Union decided to stop writing for our podcast because, as you know, we always have such superb writing. Yeah. Uh, the writers wanted more um, money, a bigger cut out of what our proceeds are. We're glad um, to support the union. Yeah, we always want to support the union. Um, but we are gathered together, and we will be changing a little bit uh, due to uh, this uh, six-month delay. As you've seen, it's uh, becoming increasingly difficult for us to meet on a regular basis. And so we're going to be changing things up, and uh, we're going to work on having one episode a month. It's going to be a little, little bit longer, uh, 45 minutes to an hour. Maybe more. Maybe more. Who knows? But This, this is good sleeping material. Yeah, feel free. They'll, they'll, You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, we'll usually have a couple different major topics, and so if you um, I, will, we have tracks on this, John. Will they, will they be able to listen to um, like different segments, or is it going to be segmented out, or do we one big honking track? Uh, I can put chapters in it. We might. We might. We'll, we'll see what the, we'll the see general what, population says. We, we we will see whether or not to put chapters so that you could more easily listen to segments of our podcast, or if this can be one big honking section of time. If you, you see a chapters list over on the right-hand side of your Windows Media Player, you'll know that John did the job. Yes. And so or we are, iTunes. <laughs> yeah. Or, or Winamp. We are excited, though. Uh, we're going to be talking about a few things, and uh, we actually have contributions from several different people, a couple of uh, our uh, podcasters and some of our faithful listeners, thanks Mike Barrett, have uh, provided some topics that they would like to discuss. So I was going to introduce our first topic, which was uh, his uh, his idea, and so we'll let him get, thing, get the ball rolling, and then we'll have uh, some lively discussion. So my topic is, it's about blessings, and if Christians overly use the term when they get a need fulfilled or, or some sort of approval. The community topic... Um, was from Mike Barrett, and he wanted us to discuss temptation a little bit. And uh, Jeff, would you like to introduce your topic? Uh, My topic will be um, to summarize how would Jesus vote? Or how would uh, what would Jesus's thoughts be on different political issues of the day? And so we have a list of uh, different topics within the political world, and if there's others that that other people come up with, and just kind of look at um, how we what, what what's the biblical scriptural perspective on some of those topics and how we think the Lord might feel because sometimes I think well I'll leave I'll leave my preface to a little bit later but yeah, that's, that's that, that'll that's be a little fine. teaser I'll leave my bombshell for a little yeah, bit later. That's, that's fine that's fine okay so we'll go ahead and start with my topic and and again it's it's if Christians overly use the term uh, blessing when something good happens to them or they see what is in their eyes some sort of approval uh, the reason that that it came up was because. I was I was on a camping trip, and what kind of camp? Were you car camping or were you backpacking? <laughs> we were going to go backpacking. Okay, that's important. Yeah, th- actually, that is imper- that is imperative. Those are very to the different story. camping experiences. So we're getting ready to go backpacking, and we we had turned to go one direction and head down um, two ninety one, and we found out that there was a uh, a traffic jam. So the fellas and I, we decided to turn around, and as we turned around the opposite direction and drove by his house, we remembered we were out of toilet paper and didn't pack any. And so we joked around about, hey, what a blessing, because there was a traffic jam. Now, was that really a blessing? I mean, is, is it really fair to use blessing in that term, as silly as that situation is? Well, so, go ahead. Well, the first thought that comes to my mind is, I'm really glad I wasn't one of the 
hundred cars who had to pay for you missing your toilet paper. See, and, and that's that's what I thought about. I, I thought, well, I guess it was a blessing for us. What about the people that were stuck in the traffic jam? Was that traffic jam really a blessing for them? I mean, are, are blessings I, relative? I, I think that's a I think that's a great question because I think oftentimes, like you say, we we overutilize that term blessing. I think borderline we might overuse a lot over overuse um, miracle. Um, and those types of con- concepts, or the word literally, <laughs> that's a pet peeve of Seriously. mine. When people are like, "This job is literally killing me," no, it's not. <laughs> that would be figuratively. Um, but but I, I think I think I think it's a, a valid question because I'm I'm not sure. I think the the difference between uh, chance and a blessing sometimes is there are times when people when there's uh, serendipity or the chance will will frown upon us, and is that a curse? Yeah, and see, and that's what I thought of it too. Is well, what's that mean then? If if something doesn't go my way, is that God telling me explicitly no? But it's not supposed to happen that way. I mean, if I go down the street and I see that gas is lower than uh, than by my house. Is it a blessing that it's lower there, or is it a curse because I thought, you know what, I'm going to gamble on this and see if I can find a lower price, and then I don't? I mean, how far do you want to take that as, as terming something a blessing? You know, I've heard the argument before that, well, when good things happen, we should always give God the credit because uh, it's better than not giving him the credit when he's really due. And uh, that's a – I mean, that's, that is a different way of looking at it, um, but do we do we do a disservice for – the real times when he does it, when he really blesses us by attributing everything that's good to him. I think that's a good question. I think I, I think back to uh, in studying just a tiny bit of history, um, like pre-Christianity, when people would had were polytheists, and I mean they had a god for this and a god for the harvest and a god for that, and I mean there was like this almost a superstitious, well it was superstition. Um, like whole spiritual experience and everything would be, Oh, this God is smiling on us because our harvest was good this year. Or we need to do different things this next year because I mean, sometimes I think my fear is that we're kind of like that in that, Ooh, this good thing happened in this circumstance. So that's a blessing or that bad thing happened in this circumstance. So that's a curse. I, I remember, um, I remember I heard a, a, an elder once, it doesn't really matter, but I heard a, uh, a saint talking about, um, keeping the Sabbath day holy, and they remarked that uh, this one, like several people that were really upset about um, the stance that a certain branch took on the Sabbath, well, they all passed away, and so that was some sort of endorsement of their view on the Sabbath because the people who were opposing it were no longer around. And I thought that was <coughs> silly. But yes, that, that's unfair because there are several other people that have passed away, and it's like, well, how do you, what do you attribute their death to? Yeah, what I was mean, their when, common belief? When, let's, let's figure out what their uh, common belief is. When, when uh, oh gosh, uh, what was it? the the anti anti Nephi Lehites? Yeah, yeah. When they laid down their arms and basically let themselves get killed, I mean, what would you say about that? I mean, in the end, they died. I mean, if you want to reduce the 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 concept, well, they died. So, I mean, th- there's God's proof right God there. Must have been favoring the murderers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously. <laughs> Aries, the war of God was on their side. So, <laughs> I have a question though. I've I found a, a scripture verse using the scripture searching tool online at www.zionbound.com/study. Section fifty nine says this. In nothing- oh, wait, can can you get to that without putting a backslash study? Can you just get there by zionbound.com? Yes, you go, click on zionbound.com and then there's a study link. 
Steady link at the top of oh, the page. Oh, cool. It's a really neat tool. Is it really a backslash? Yeah. Yeah, it works with a backslash. Huh. You can actually put a backslash after study as well if you want. Oh, okay. Um, scripture says this, And nothing doth man offend God, or against none is his wrath kindled, save those who confess not his hand in all things, and obey not his commandments. Is that a commandment there that we should be confessing God's hand? It says, in all things, otherwise we're going to offend God and his wrath will be kindled against us. Is that contrary to what you guys are talking about? I don't know, is it? Mm. See, I, don't, I, I, have, I have a view of America that the American society is one of the only societies that cannot accept <clears throat> that bad things happen to good people. So, if something bad does happen to you, and it could be from God... Maybe it's just from our own irresponsibility. You know, whatever, it happened. Yeah. And we, we just accept it. I think that there's a, a gospel taught from a lot of pulpits in America that, that God wants to make you happy. Yes. God wants you to be a Christian so that he can give you things, mm-hmm. that he can make your life good. I heard one evangelical minister call it Barbie Christianity. Like he wants to give you the perfect house, the perfect husband, the perfect car. And they were talking to, about it in a good way? No, it's a bad way. Okay. Saying that, that he was, there's a lack of honesty about what Christianity is all about being taught from the pulpits. Yeah, the Christians who died at the hands of the Romans, they were they, right. they, so they, they, they weren't living the Barbie Christianity. Right. This person was lamenting the fact that Barbie Christianity is being taught. And so, yeah, to those people, and once they begin confessing that all things are from God, when things turn around on them, all of a sudden their idea of God crumbles. And so, yeah, I, I see your point. I, I see this. There can be a detriment to this idea of attributing every single event to God. Yet I think that conversely it might even be worse if we're the type of people that don't acknowledge God doing the small things. Because I think that there are small things that God does. So maybe there's a fine line that we have to make sure we're we're walking. All right. Does that mean we need to thank him for – I mean, I, I, mean I, I would be almost as inclined to thank him for – all bad things too. I think sometimes we. Ooh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I that's think, a good point. I, I think that would be a better. I mean, there's times in my life where bad things have happened, and which were maybe my fault, maybe somebody else's fault. But by and there, I remember that I was thanking him. Thank you for this trial that you're putting me through, because I think sometimes those are also put into my life um, for a good for a good reason for a good cause. And I, if we're going if if we're going to follow that, I think we need to thank him for. The bad circumstances that happen. Yeah. Well, I, I think I I think I'd heard it said, and I should look this up. Maybe we can on our new scripture search. But I think it was something about it doesn't say be thankful for all things, but be thankful in all things. Mm. I, I don't know if that is correct. But hey, that'd be a great thing for our listeners to email into us. So I I, I don't know, David. I think I, I think there's something to being thankful and recognizing that God's hand is in everything. But I'm not sure that necessarily means that we need to call a blessing when, okay, I tripped and fell, and so I wasn't and didn't walk five more paces, and a refrigerator didn't fall on me. I mean, I, that might have been a blessing. I'm not sure. Toilet paper. I mean, you could go to a 7-Eleven and. and well, well I, I, mean, I mean, yeah, but well, good but, campers can find leaves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, 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 I think you should be disappointed that. God didn't let you get out there and experience camping in its true form. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess. You're right, John. There is a scripture that says in section 62 that we should be thank- we should have a thankful heart in all things. Not for all things. Not for all things. So when I lose a hand in an accident, I should be thankful for yep. not losing my hand, but be thankful that I didn't get killed. Maybe so. Or it was my left hand and not my right. Yeah. What if you lost your right hand? Yeah, that was my question. Mm-hmm. Well... <clears throat> I don't yeah, know about this church stuff. No, then the, the well, scripture's you know, gone. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's important to recognize that uh, we don't we don't value the bad things appropriately. I think. Right. I mean, bad things do give us a greater appreciation for good things. Uh, we can't we can't have goodness without evil in the world. Right. Um, God created both, so it's fair to say that God considered it worthwhile to have both and that we are less when there is when we only experience one well, that's, I, I, and that's why when adam and eve were i mean thrust out of the garden that's when they were able to really fulfill the i mean see the fullness of what god created because they were able to they were able to appreciate the good mm-hmm. but at the same time I mean, that's true but if you, it, it's a, it's an, it's a much easier discussion for us to have down here in the safety of your basement, having no traumatic experiences in the recent past, to discuss how how important it is for these, for us to go through these trials, than to actually have gone through them and try and retain that frame of frame mind, well, frame yeah. of mind. Excuse me. I think I think we all go through trials to greater or lesser degree, and um, you know some trials are less public than other trials. Right. Better trials, no, no less. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it is easier for us here in America um, to talk about how it's you know good for there to be for there to be starvation in the world because it you know gives balance when we have our stomachs full. But we aren't the ones starving; right. we're experiencing the full stomachs. Right. And so, yeah, I, I agree. It's a little bit uh, disingenuous sometimes when we say that. Okay. Does that cover it like you wanted? Well, no. We just, you know how it goes. We just see where the conversation leads us. I, I think that I wouldn't discourage people, especially people young in the faith or, or children, from acknowledging whatever they see as a blessing. But I think that there must be some spiritual growth, hopefully, that occurs. And you know, you mentioned it earlier about this idea that we should recognize that. You got this whole discussion about recognizing trials as being good as well. I mean, I think that's an indication of, of some spiritual maturity. And so maybe as people grow in their faith, as children grow up, we line upon line, precept upon precept, we, we grow in our understanding of what blessings are. But I would never discourage any of my kids to no, recognize whatever as a blessing from God. I would, I would certainly encourage that. Yeah, I love trees just as much as the next guy and the grass mm-hmm. and all my cousins. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, you know. We're a little bit uh, um, laughing at you know the idea that we would call a traffic jam a blessing because we forgot our toilet paper. John forgot his toilet paper, but um, you know maybe we're just not maybe we're just not uh, smart enough to realize how complex God works, and you know God's able to bring things together. You know, a traffic jam maybe accomplished a hundred good things. And not just John's toilet paper. Maybe a yeah. hundred people forgot this and that and one other thing, and John was the only one we get to know about, but other yeah. people experienced it. Yeah, that, that goes into perspective. You know, we we always lack a, we always are lacking God's perspective. Mm-hmm. There was a yeah. 
Don't traffic jams actually hurt the environment pretty pretty badly? Oh, yeah. Because you're sitting there just running your I don't know. That's kind of a myopic view of traffic jams. There's a, okay. There are some benefit-cost analyses that we can do on that. I have some mm-hmm. software that we can run if you want. Uh, I wouldn't worry about it. Please I got my know. toilet paper, so. <laughs> toilet paper check. Yeah. Good. Thanks, God. I have another topic that's that's very similar to this idea of, of attributing all things to God, and it's I find that I'm hearing a lot more in prayers today from around the Christian world the using the word just in people's prayers, as in, Lord, I, I, I'm, would you just let us have a good day, or I, I just want so-and-so to get to feeling better, or I just want this or that. And I'm thinking, does the word just belong in a prayer? In other words, if, if you have a desire that you want to take to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe— if you're going to take it to him, it needs to be important, right? But we know that God's God's concerned about all things. So there is no, I don't think there is anything that he just wants to do for us or anything we should just ask for. I mean, if you want to ask for it, ask for it and ask for it with faith, believing that he's going to give it to you. And so in my mind, if there's something that's just, it's just not that important, then leave it out or, or, or rephrase it or reshape your mind in a way that, that, that really puts emphasis on the power of prayer. And my thoughts go two different directions on this. First, um, is, it, is it just a way of speaking that is you know, moderate? I mean, it goes in and out of style perhaps like, um, Lord, just, just do this, just, just. And it, you know, it's almost a way of filling time or, or maybe con- uh, putting your thoughts together. It's to avoid silence, maybe, or um, you know, in, in a similar vein to that, is mm-hmm. God, God, just you just do this, God. I mean, I we love we love you so much, God, and just we're, you know, frequently calling His mm-hmm. name when in a in a conversation face to face with someone, we wouldn't say we wouldn't talk like that. Mm-hmm. And so, it, I mean, that's one way my mind goes. And then, of course, mm-hmm. the other way is like as as you're describing, you know, is our is our thoughts about what we're requesting off like. God, I would like this and this and this, but would you just give me that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so should we just be more bold and ask for the things that we want, or the, should we limit ourselves to the things we need? Or so I can yeah. go two different yeah, ways. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not advocating that people leave anything out of their prayers. I'm just advocating that we consider how we phrase these things in our mind. And I think that that the words that we use indicate where our hearts are, where our minds are. Mm-hmm. And I think that for some people, it may just be a a, a verbal filler, you know, a time filler, like you mean, and that's, you know, I've got mine and everybody has theirs, but I, there have to be some, that, that word wouldn't keep popping up for as many people as I hear it from if it wasn't, an, I think, an indication of where they're coming from. Their, their thought on, the, on what they're asking. I think so. I don't know. What do you I think, could be Jeff? wrong. I tend to think that they're just using it as a throwaway. I, I don't, I, I just don't, I think maybe in the, in the, in the, in the Genesis, when I, when I think of like televangelists using it, I think that it's so easy for different phraseology to get in within the uh, Christian lexicon. I mean, I just think that's what happened. I don't think mm-hmm. most people, when they're when they're praying, they think of it in that context. It's just I, I think they're just pouring out their hearts, and that's they've heard people pray like that, and so they just think that's the way they need to do it. That's why I kind of think not to say it's make it, it makes it okay, yeah. and it shouldn't be something that we really evaluate and try to maybe push out of our mm-hmm. prayers, but I don't think it's necessarily something that's a lot of people are conscious of. Yeah. And I, I would even argue that God is not going to respect one prayer differently than another because of using the filler words. Right. You know, to me, it doesn't make sense because that's not how I would talk to God if he was staying right in front of me. That's mm-hmm. not how I talk to you. And mm-hmm. uh, so for me, it, it just doesn't make sense. It just 
doesn't make sense. But um, right. at the same time, I, I feel like God is much bigger than that. God understands where we are. And yeah, the way we talk is just not um, – I don't think it's going to make a big difference to him. Well, here, I'll take the other side of it Okay, as, as me being the pray-e to God. So there have been times in my life where I've been put in predicaments where I will say, just get me to this point, and I'll accept what's going on. So, for example, uh, there have been times where I, I've been doing something physical and haven't felt very good. I said, okay, Lord. Just get me through the day, and I'll accept that I'm sick. Or people will be depending on me, and I'll... Uh, again, it'll be some sort of ailment of some sort, and I'll say, okay, just let so-and-so hold together till I can do this job, and then I'll accept that I've a sprained ankle, you know, like I've been in a soccer game or something like that. So I, I would see it as a... Oh, I, I see it almost as a form of bargaining, that they say, okay, hmm. I accept what's going on, but if you can give me the strength to do this, then I'll do it. Uh, my mind immediately goes to Samson, where he says that, you know, just give me my strength back one last time and I'll kill all these people in your name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are certainly different contexts where that word can be used in different meanings. Yeah, but and, and I do recognize what you're saying, as where people will, uh, you know, let's take it to an extreme... Lord, if you if you just let me win the the lottery, I I will give you you know fifty percent of the money. To, I'll give it to the church. I just need it so I can get by. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not the best example, but that, that is one that comes to mind. Right. I'm talking about the the term "just" as it means merely. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'd ever ask God for merely anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, for mm-hmm. him to for him to help us through any situation, it's mm-hmm. not it's not mere. We have, we mere have no word. idea the level of effort. On his part to no. answer our prayers. No, that's true. I mean, what it, the energy it takes to heal a sprained ankle? Do we really know? The, I mean, if your if it takes your body, let's say six weeks mm-hmm. to recover, and and you're asking him to do it in an hour or, or less, asking, or less, and for what to score a goal, right? To so stop a goal, you're asking you're asking him to give you six weeks of effort um and maybe it takes more to do it in less time so i I just think we have really very little idea of what he has to do when we ask for a blessing like that keep an eye keep an ear out you're gonna if you if you if you listen to people prayer praying especially like on christian radio or on, on the television you're gonna hear that word a lot well i i will kind of follow up with my statement that i think we should approach god with anything that's um of significance to us. Absolutely. I mean, he, he's aware of the number of hairs on our head. Absolutely. There, there's just nothing that's smaller that, than his attention level. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean he's going to give us those small right. things because they may not be for our benefit um, or we may not be in right relationship with him. But that does not – for me, I still think we should go approach him. Sure. And, yeah, as the person that initiated this conversation, I want to reemphasize that I'm not, <laughs> I'm not advocating that people leave anything out of their prayers that's on their heart. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, anybody else? All right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on with our next topic. Jeff? All right. Our next topic we're going to discuss is temptation. 
No, 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 your topic. We're going to save the community topic for last. Oh, where were you? I'm sorry. Okay, so, next, It was, Jeff, it was tempting we, to skip over that one. Why don't we go ahead with your topic? All right. What's your topic again? My topic is, how would Jesus vote? I think he'd vote WWJV. Communist. I think he'd vote Communist Party. Well, that's completely possible. I, I, the reason I bring this up is, um, I think within our church, or within many churches... I think the basic nature of Christians is to think whatever their belief is is what Christ would believe. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't believe it. I mean, if you're a follower of Jesus, you tend to think that your viewpoint is what Christ would have as a viewpoint. Otherwise, you would change your viewpoint. And so, yeah, I'm never wrong. Sometimes I realize I'm mistaken, and then I change my mind, but then I'm still not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. And I think within, within the Restoration, at least, um, I would say that there's a pretty strong political slant to one political party. And the libertarian, yeah, libertarian. Well, <laughs> borderline libertarian, but Republican. I mean, we could run down the list of topics, and it would hold pretty firm to what the Republican Party, um, conservative part of the Republican Party, would would deem appropriate when it came social issues. Um, it was a lot of things. We would look. We would. We would tend to. We would tend to vote Republican. As a as a church, I would imagine it's probably ninety percent voting Republican. I'm not sure it'd be that high. I think there might be a sixty forty split. 60, really? Woo, I'd go more than that. I, I, at least 80. <laughs> I, could be, I, thought, I could be wrong. I don't know. I thought about something funny about that. So how would Jesus vote? And I thought about some of would the... He, would he just boycott? Well, would he not vote into, at all? I think he'd vote because I think he'd be a good citizen. I think, well, well yeah. I mean, he said render to Caesar what is Caesar's. And so I think... Yeah, he was, was talking about taxes. He wasn't he was talking, talking about voting. He was talking about taxes, but that's a cognizant... That's a recognition of what responsibility... Civic duty. Civic duty, I think. So anyway... Uh, the thing that was going through my mind was uh, a lot of people uh, on the right side, they, ha- they have a problem with the universal... Are you universal the correct side or the uh, right party? The, the, the right the conservatives? <laughs> yeah, the GOP. Okay. Okay. So they, ha- they have a problem with th- this universal health care. And it usually stems from, from why should we give health care to all these people that, that didn't earn it? You know, they're not doing anything. They're going to abuse the system. Sometimes it's a little more in depth than that about whether we can actually sustain such a program. Should we have a discussion about that? That would be fun. Well, that's, we can have that, that, that now. That's kind of what I. I mean, okay. That's what I. That's why and, I brought this up. And, like, and so I thought about and 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 what I thought was, if we recognize that all the all the things that we have and all the money that we have is really God's, then why does it matter whether we get mad if other people? get what they don't earn. I mean, isn't that the crux of Christianity, that we get what we don't deserve? I mean, and even more than that, there, there's a parable where there are several workers. Some of them come in later, at, at the late, late end of the workday, but they get paid the same amount of wages as the rest of the workers do. Yeah, but so there's they, also a parable about people given talents and the people who did not magnify or But that's a separate that's a separate talents. issue. That's a separate issue. It's, no, it's about it's about wage and about working hard and the person who didn't No, no, was, that, that was, from him that, was taken what he No, that's a, had. that's that's a separate issue because it it was up to the, per, the it was up to the the foreman that says, "Hey, I'm going to pay these guys whatever I think they're due." That's not really your your problem. So I, uh, so you're saying that it's different be- because it's not up. We are not the judges, right? We're, yeah, we're we're, we're not the we, one. We have to give up the fact that we are the judges in this matter. Yeah, and and so that that's that's what uh, that's what I was wondering about today is that if we recognize that everything that we have is only on loan to us, 
then why should we be upset if other people get our money? Well, let's let's look at some other things God created. Let's look at learning and intelligence. There's there's God does not give some of your learning and intelligence to the next person who didn't earn it. They have to earn their own learning on their own. You, I can't I can't go to school for you, John. I can't go learn physics and then say, okay, John, you get half of my learning today. Because what goes into my brain is my own. Um, yeah, but we're talking real, about we're talking about money, though. I know, but money is is in some ways can be um, correlated to learning. And, and here's what here's where I'm going with this. God created two systems. Okay. Uh, well, I say God created. God created the financial system where we work hard and, and in did exchange. Did God create this financial system or did man create that? God created everything, right? He, he created things. I'm not sure he created a system like the financial system. Yeah, I, I think he created bartering. I think he – So he by created Uber Is that created, what you're saying? By inspiration, he created bartering. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> you're on insane, insanely shaky ground, but we'll let you go with it. Yeah, go ahead. Continue. <clears throat> All right, so um, – we have this system that if you work, you receive a wage, and we're, we're talking about, okay, why should somebody else receive what they didn't work for? Whether it be health care or anything else, we can equate it to money. Now let's talk about what God created in nature, which is if you work to learn, you will receive understanding, knowledge, wisdom, but you can't share that. It can't be just given to somebody else. I can't go to school gain knowledge or wisdom which is a valuable resource and have and just give some of it to my kids they yeah, but, have to learn it on their own okay right, stop there's never been a vote that says jeff i want you to give me half of your experience from from teaching in school we're gonna put that up for a vote see what the people <laughs> decide to do if they vote yes you're gonna give me your experience there's never been a vote like that that's my whole point god regulates how we learn and but God, but God, God created a system but, where. Wait, we're, we're talking about what? back to the God created system thing that God created. And we're talking about we how God. Wait, 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 wait! Everybody's not going to talk at the same time without me being involved. <laughs> go, go, okay, you start talking, David. All right, all right this is what I God think. Created, okay. All right, good, good, David. I'm glad you. Thank you. So, but God created how we gain knowledge and wisdom. But but there's never been a vote for that. No, but that's why he said. Point. But so, he said, render to Caesar what is Caesar's, and he never said. It's what Caesar's doing with it's not okay, and so so he's wrong. What? Well, I think the preface is if if our if if we vote or if people vote to have universal health care, for instance, mm-hmm. um, and we, and the population is to some extent decides that whether through representation or through direct vote or through whatever. Well, we are still we are still asked to to vote or to to. Um, spend our money and to put it into taxation and to and we are still taxed on that so there's nothing immoral about the fact that there's universal health care okay and so um if we elect if we vote and elect a, a politician who decides to go to war with china and and just starts really just going to battle and, and then maybe expands into Russia, and maybe it's, you know tra- takes on the whole world. Is there nothing immoral about that? Just I mean, we voted; it's out of our hands now. Well, I didn't say we shouldn't vote otherwise or other things, but I'm talking taxation-wise. Was yeah. Caesar doing was Caesar doing things that I might have liked with that? It, no, I'm saying. But he still said, "Render to Caesar what is Caesar's." 
Right. We, if you give your taxes to the government, that belongs to the government. So, yeah, you're supposed to do that. I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure what you're saying there. Well, I think the, 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 the primary question is, would Christ want us to have universal health care? I think, well, that's I think that's different what, than whether or not you should pay your taxes. Well, I, well, well, that's where we start. So let's get back to that. So let's get back to that because I don't know where you went with your whole stuff about what your learning thing. I mean, because <laughs> even if we did vote yes on it, there's no way that, at least not yet, there's no way that I can tap into Jess Bray. Did you get your master's? Oh, yeah. There's no way I can tap into Jess Brain and say, Unfortunately, I, yes. I want your master's degree. I'm entitled to that. And you are going to give that to me. And when, when you hand it over, you'll only be left with your, your four-year degree, and that's it. There's no that's no the whole point. How does that relate to yeah, health well, care? Well, because what God created, he basically enforced that you cannot take what I have earned. You cannot take my knowledge, my wisdom. And we're not talking about that. I mean, that's, yeah, that's where it's a completely different content. I mean – so. But but you can earn money, and in our society, we sometimes talk about I mean, and, and the, my, most, what I, and the what, most money and, we should take. And, 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 what, and what, I, to, what I said was God created – well, I, I don't agree that God created the financial systems that we have or don't have. But he said – he told people to pay your taxes. Yeah. He, and, and so that's where I'm just saying that I don't understand – I don't understand your he, – he, he said to do it. I, I'm he, going back to the argument that – why shouldn't somebody have health care who didn't earn it? Well, because... Because that's a tangible object, though. I mean, I can't... We I, cannot tap into your... I mean, it is, it is not possible to take your knowledge. Not yet. <laughs> well, so why are we having this discussion about... Uh, Here's what I think. I think that Jesus would want everyone to have the best health care as possible. What Jesus would know that I don't know is whether or not this universal health care program is going to provide that ideal. And that's stewardship, which is a different topic. So what we're asking is, is this program that we have yet to see whether it's going to be effective? Well, to be the first one, is the concept itself, I mean, is that, should that be a goal? Because some people would say that shouldn't even be a goal. I think the goal is that all should have health care available to them, which was, I always felt like the our goal, country the, provided... Which should, we, we should do. everybody have their which we do. food provided to them? No, we no, don't. No, 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 no. Nobody gets turned away from the ER. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but get, but if, just because you don't get turned away from the ER doesn't mean you're getting health care. Well, if you go to the ER with cancer, chronic you're not going to get... If you have certain chronic pain conditions, it doesn't. it's not an ER situation. But yeah, they there's would, a lot of situations where but, it has nothing to do with But potentially they would still run the diagnostic test to find out whether or not you have cancer. But they wouldn't do anything to fix you. Well, I mean, that's the extent of the health care that we can provide. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't well, know that. Well, currently, I don't, that, I'm that not is sure the we're... extent. We, we can't turn people away from the ER. And, I... and if they do come to us with, with, with or without the knowledge of having cancer, we still have to try and do something. Well, they, we no. have to we have to provide emergency services. That's it, right? Yeah, and right, I, but I think I think. Well, okay. Well, let's start there. Is that? I mean, do we think Christ endorses the idea that, as a nation, we should provide emergency services? Yes. Yeah. Aaron. I, I yeah, believe I a big so. part of his ministry okay. was based okay. on emergency so, services. So to me, the, so, so to me, the <laughs> next the next step is okay. Do we think that um, Christ should provide um, a <coughs> Or the government should provide a minimum of 
All right, so we, so we can diagnose that somebody has cancer to use that. Should should the government help treat that cancer? No. Just like that? No, yeah, just like that, no. I don't know. I mean, we're taught to help people, are we not? I mean, we're taught to, to use, use what we have uh, to help other people yes. and to... To quote, further build the kingdom. That, that's in really in, in Zion, would we say, no, you didn't work for the healthcare, you're not going to get it? Is that what we would do? I don't think we know what Zion's like, so let's leave that out of the equation. That's a whole other discussion. Playing the Z card. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole yeah. other question that we could have that we could have a fun way. conversation. <laughs> Dave, what do you think? I, I'm, I'm stuck between a, a, an idea, a philosophical, ideological. I, I'm I'm stuck with words that I can't say. <laughs> I'm stuck with ideas that that may not be put into principle. Here's here's my problem: is that I'm not sure that the government is the most economic or effective tool to provide anything for anybody. But is anybody else doing it? But I'm not. That's. Let me finish. I don't think that the government is the most effective way to get stuff like this done. However, practically speaking, there's nothing else out there for these people at this moment. And and the and every day that we sit around having discussions in this basement or, or Congress or whoever's having these discussions, there are people really dying, like really, really dying. And, and it only becomes when you, when you are in those shoes that it becomes more urgent. Or like when somebody that you know is going through that, then it becomes more urgent in my life. And I recognize that. So I, re- I recognize that there's a, I have a, a disjunct between my philosophy and what I see needs to be put into practice. And is I don't dying, know what the answer is. Is dying the worst thing? Well, not from my perspective, but I, I can't enforce that upon you know. I, I mean, I, the, everyone doesn't share that. Well, but the, qu- the question is, well, how would, it, would Christ enforce that? Would Christ would Christ think that providing medical care is important and something worth doing to people who can't afford it? Like, would would Christ be happy with the programs in Europe? And other countries that have a universal health care, is that what you're... Would Christ, would, Christ, would Christ prefer a Canadian system where everybody has health care or a U.S. system where it's up to your, I mean... Would, would Christ advocate a system where everybody got all their food and didn't, who didn't have to work for it? I know. That, that was 5,000 people or 3,000 people that got all those loaves and fishes. One time event. That, right. Maybe he did it, it twice, but <laughs> it wasn't a daily... I mean, he didn't say, all right, everybody line up. Uh, we're going to go build your huts over here. I'm going to give you everybody a house. And uh, I don't care what you do during the day. I'm going to give everybody food. And if you go skin your knee, come over see me. I'm going to give everybody a quick healing. I mean, he, he didn't. He didn't set up a system like that. Well, he did hire disciples to to take care of some of that stuff. Well, you know, but not very many. To to Aaron's point, you know, there are a lot of examples where Christ reached out to the poor, but it was always done on a microscopic scale. And I don't think you'll find anywhere in the scriptures where he advocates a welfare program or a healthcare program or any program that could have existed in that day. But he didn't advocate that. He advocated the giving. I think he was advocating the giving on the behalf of the giver, like trying to teach the giver that you need to be the one giving. He wasn't necessarily coming at it from. Now that I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say what Christ was was. I'm not smart enough to know what was at the heart of his ministry in that sense. But um, to those who who vote for healthcare programs and such like this because they feel like that was what Christ was about, I think they cheapen the real meaning of his ministry here on this earth. Can I read scripture? Is that appropriate now? Or? It, it better be what you do unto the least of these, you do unto me. It better be that one. <laughs> this is in the Book of Mormon. It's talking about uh, giving and parting of our substance to the poor. For, for behold, are we not all beggars? 
Do we not all depend on the same being, even God, for all the substance which we have, for both food and raiment, for gold and for silver, and for all the riches which we have of every kind? And behold, even at this time, have you been calling on his name and begging for remission of your sins? And has he suffered that you begged in vain? It says, no, he poured his spirit out upon you. And so if, if God, who has created you, on whom you are dependent for your life and for all that you have, does grant unto you whatever you ask that is right and faith, believing you shall receive, how can ye not impart of the substance that you have one to another? Now, the kicker there is whatever you've asked that is right. And so well, that, how does that affect our conversation? I'm not sure. You know, because, yeah, God provides everything that we have, God provided, right? But I had to go out and work for it. From time to time, I, I ask God for a blessing. He'll give me a blessing. But day to day, if I don't go to work, I don't get food. And he's made that a, a condition of humanity from the time of Adam. You will work by the sweat of your brow. Can we, can we all agree that there are certain times in life where, where people who have done the honest best that they can just go through a situation where they just can't help themselves? Mm-hmm. And, yes. the, and to those people, welfare is needed. Is welfare needed? I mean, well, and even even uh, uh, what if they haven't been taught to help? A measure of assistance is needed to get them across this disaster, this house that burned down, this whatever might have happened. Those people need something for a period of time. Shouldn't they just thank God for the house (laughs) burning down? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I guess. Well, okay, to, to maybe to change the. To, to, re, to reshape the discussion, do we think Christ has an opinion? I think Christ has oh, a I, truth. But on this issue, I mean, on issues like this, on, I mean, yeah, is, I, is it, yeah I believe he's that, kinda... So he would say one way is superior to the other way. So when it came to whether or not the government should have, well, first off, any role whatsoever in healthcare, if, if he, I mean, if we think yes, should, no, it shouldn't. I think I think that's. I mean, are there things where Christ might be neutral on? I don't think he's neutral. Yeah, on I would anything. say he'd, he'd be neutral on anything. All right. So if that's the case, mm-hmm. would he say that universal health care is wrong? Is that that's? I mean, that's 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 the question. I mean, if we think that he has an opinion on everything and there's hey. a right and a wrong, then we have to say, okay, if. If if Aaron, for instance, and not, just to just as a we, I as, we, as a support of Aaron, I don't know anybody more generous than Aaron, and so just because he's coming across as yeah, ostensibly by this conversation we're having with him, <laughs> just so just so you know, <laughs> listeners know, Aaron is very generous. Don't think he's not generous. He is, and he doesn't care if your house burns down. <laughs> <laughs> Be thankful. Be thankful, you scum. <laughs> Can I take exception? I don't think Jesus has opinions because an opinion is a belief or judgment that rests on grounds insufficient to produce complete certainty. Thank you, Webster. Thank you. You're welcome. So, okay, so he has so a certainty he, of, a, of an idea. Yeah, that, there, there is he, a certain truth that I think he holds on every issue. All right. So he's so a I'm nihilist. Not, yeah. That's what he is. He's a what? He's a nihilist. I don't know what that means. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> ahead, what is it? Tell us yeah. what a nihilist is. Well, there's a great go. website you can find it on. It's at www.google.com. Oh, yeah, thank you very much. Um, and so, if we believe that he has an a, he has a um, stance on everything, yeah, certainly. Does that, does that help you? But is that yeah, better? Yeah. If he has a stance on everything, he would have a stance on this issue. And so, I go back to my my first question that I asked a while ago. Okay, do we 
do we think that his stance on a minimum of emergency care that everybody should be able to entitled to? Because I think I, I think oftentimes as as saints, like I said at the very beginning, we think that our way is God's way. I mean, I have many other topics here, and this is just the one that we fell into first, and we're quickly hitting our forty five minutes, and we're climbing on time. That's okay. Yeah, I, I can't stay crazy much later. Yeah, so, Jeff will turn into a pumpkin. <laughs> yes, it's so hard. It's so hard. I mean, I. Yeah, it is a tough issue. It's a tough one. I, I mean, mean, how do you administer something that big that you know would be good for everybody? But how can you how can you possibly administer that without there being waste and neglect and abuse? Abuse, cheating of the system. Yeah, that could essentially sink the system. That's right. Well, a lot of systems. Right. I mean, I, I mean, our whole government could collapse I mean, because how do we, of lack yeah. of funds. Right. So how how do we? Um, See that's where that's where only Christ would know how this a program how this program can be effectively administered, honestly. And I, I think a, a corollary, I mean, disclaimers that we often don't think about is our standard of care in the United States, in the scope of history, is beyond what people a hundred years ago could even comprehend. Mm-hmm. I mean, they wouldn't remotely comprehend what we can do to preserve life. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's I forget. The exact numbers, but something like the last year of life constitute a huge percentage of medical expenditures. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like what we do to give somebody two months at the end of their life is outrageously, outrageously expensive. expensive. Um, not to say I'm, I'm not commenting on whether or not we should do that, but mm-hmm. I mean, uh, our medical care is astounding mm-hmm. in comparison to the scope of history. There are there are probably things where we have close family members that are still alive that 150 years ago they wouldn't be. And they would have died and, maybe 20 years ago. And they are completely healthy now without any mm-hmm. without any problems whatsoever. But 150 years ago, they'd been dead. I mean, yeah. and so we have to, I, I think, to be part of it is, okay, what is a standard of care? I mean, I, I mean, because we are, I mean, it's unimaginable what we can do to preserve life right now. And that's, I mean, it's more of a secondary issue. So we should be this, thankful for that. We're grateful. A good question. What else should we wonder if Jesus would vote on? Um, how about um, immigration? Well, I know that everybody that came to this land, they came because it was a choice land. Yeah, but I think it's. We're, like, in, we're, we're in book of the Book of Mormon. Is that Second <laughs> Nephi? <laughs> well, well but, but I, I mean, I think because I think by and large, I mean, I know a lot of restorationists are. We must secure our borders. Um, I mean, Lehi's I, family was a, was an illegal immigrant family. <laughs> well, there are no laws at that time to say who could or could not be here. There were people already on this land. Well, that's possible. Mm. Their um, border security was lax. <laughs> it was very lax. <laughs> yes, it was. They lived for hundreds of years and nobody picked up on it. Um, but I, I, the same people who are wanting to secure our borders are also those who are bemusing the fact that people from Honduras can't come visit or people from... Kenya can't get a, a visa, um, and so I think we have a conflict at times. And so I, 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 I don't know. If there's so much a conflict as as much as I think that most saints are in support of legal immigration and potentially expanding legal immigration. But in order to do that, we first have to get under control illegal immigration, rendering unto Caesar what is Caesar's, obeying the laws of the land, require that we well, so enforce but, but, the laws that we have. But should we vote on changing those laws about immigration? 
All we're asking is that we have a, a, a policy in which we can control and know who is in the country. Therefore, we can tax them, incorporate them in the system, give them the health care that they need, give them the education that they need. But when they come in illegally, we can't, we can't track any of that. We're already taxing well, we, we can them. just give it to anybody who asks. We're already taxing them. Yeah, I mean, if they work for a paycheck, then they're they, getting taxed. They, they do get taxed. There are certain taxes they pay. And they're getting in, they're, their kids are getting into school, so they're getting educated. Right. But, but the, the, we're, they're getting care. They're, they're getting care. Right. But so what is it you need? Win-win. <laughs> we're not able to account for them. We're not able to con- control and uh, allow an equivalent opportunity for anyone. Illegal immigration hurts American workers would be one argument. Yeah. I mean, it's, the fact that it's happening doesn't make but it right or good for the system. But whether you're an American worker or a Mexican worker. So in other words, Jeff is just saying you guys are racist. No, I mean, I'm, I, we, we, I'm sure that's <laughs> no. fine. We have we have a good we have a good set of, uh, of friends that lived down in Mexico that were that have applied for immigration status. They're waiting and are waiting way too long, in my opinion. But why are they waiting too long? Is it because we have so many others that are coming to this country illegally that we've had to slow the process? I don't know the answer to this. No, no, not at all. Let's do it. Would it would it would it change people's stance on illegal immigration if we increased the amount of legal immigrants we allowed? I don't no. think so. I think they would argue against raising legal immigration too. Well, here let's go back to Jeff's question. What what could we do to change the immigration laws? What what would we do? I mean, for example, well, there, I mean, there's got to be something. Well, you could, you could you could you could so you could choose to do something like Bush was proposing and offer offer like an amnesty where you say, "Okay, everybody who's here now, your grant your grant amnesty, you can stay. You're going to enter into the process of citizenship in some level." But from here forward, but from here forward, we're going to enforce the laws. That's. I mean, that was that was one of the things that. that I mean, that didn't that Reagan proposed. do the same thing? I don't remember. I want to say he did. It's possible. I know. It's, I, I'm pretty sure it's happened before. The current system. I mean, people die trying to make these crossings. It's 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 unsecure for criminal uh, crime in those areas. It's unsecure for for drugs that are. I mean, it just, so, uh, well, it's, it's a bad system that that our our border agents are not allowed but, to enforce the laws. We could we could build a big wall. With like razors across the top. I mean, we just make sure nobody can get across. There's a lot. There's a lot of that boat done. With crocodiles. Mm-hmm. Are, are, I mean, maybe you're playing Captain Contra. Are you advocating that we just remove all border security at all on the north and Not south? Necessarily. Of our Not necessarily. I mean, uh, I mean, <coughs> do, are, do you, I mean, do you, do you, I mean, we were talking a few seconds ago about how much the how, what the cost would be um, for universal health care. Do you know what the cost would be for enforcing? Our current immigration laws, like universal healthcare. <laughs> well, but I, but I'm talking. I mean, you know what the cost would be to go tra- tracking down every illegal immigrant and putting them back across the border. And you that know the mark cost of the beast. Be, you know the, sure you know the cost would be for that. I'm not advocating that we go manhunt every man, woman, and child. But what are you advocating then? For stopping, well, you, said enforce, stopping. you said enforcing the law. Sure, enforcing the law. Well, enforcing the law would be to track them down and move them back. Well, there are a lot of laws that we, we try to enforce. It doesn't mean that we're winning the war on drugs have not been eliminated. Crime has not been eliminated. We're still enforcing those laws as we have the ability and manpower to do so. I'm not saying that we commit the entire army to the expulsion of millions of people. So exactly what are you advocating? I'm advocating that... Bigger walls? More border no. security? Is that what you, I mean, I, I'm not, I guess I'm not following what you're... He, he's, I think... I think what David's saying is that Jesus would vote for uh, us to support the laws in place, uh, and one of those laws is that there's a ration or a quota for immigration, and that illegal immigration is, by definition, against the law, and so therefore Jesus would vote against it. Yeah. 
Where, where, did, where did Christ ever advocate people breaking the law? Well, I'm asked more. My my question was about immigration. Okay. Uh, my question is more: is would Christ open the borders up more than they are? More yes. So than more so than the the way that this conversation has turned. Yes, I think he would. Well, yeah, I mean, again, with like the the healthcare issue, I would say that under his command, yes, he would open it up because he would have what I would hope to be and what I would believe to be a perfect system for having the immigration work. But wouldn't it be conditional upon being willing to abide by the laws of his kingdom? Well, I didn't say it wouldn't be. I just said that the system that he I'm would create, uh, the system that he would create for uh, for enforcing immigration would probably be a perfect system. Right. Like, well, the, you cross the, 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 thing you cross the border the thing and then that, well, not, he goes and strike you dead. Question. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying what he would do if he were the had Lord, he been here, whether, whether he's a, whether he's in charge of the government, I'm asking what would he do as a as an individual as an individual part of a population. I mean, what would his so if you separated him from the Godhead, what would he do? I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm just well, saying that I mean, to throw you off. Well, kind of. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, what, how, how would he it's vote? Thirty three years I, here, it, he wasn't in charge of the government. So yeah, I mean, what he, did he endorse and how did he behave? Yeah, well, which vote are you asking? I mean, what you just say immigration? I mean. That's why I, I don't know. You talk. How, what's the stance on illegal immigration? What's the stance on legal immigration? Is it immigration well, reform? Immig- and- immigration, and just as a broad topic. I mean, because I think then I, I, th- I think politically speaking, there are people who believe that shut down the borders, close it down, two people are getting in. Um, don't want to increase any. Uh, as John was advocating, maybe increasing some of who can come in to compensate to make it so it's a little bit more fair. I, I, I mean, it was, I opened it up wide. I wasn't saying that. Right. You, you, I mean, you're. Your stance you, right. on it was—I mean, you went—you went in one direction very specifically, right? Which is not wrong or right. I mean, I—I I mean, I was looking more. Okay, first off, would you think that our current system is okay? If so, should we enforce it more? I mean, that, that would—I don't think you would think our current system is okay. Okay. How would he but, change, change it? Or how? What would he? What would be his? Endorsement. <laughs> I wouldn't pretend to know how Christ would. I saw. So I guess the, bo- the, yeah, the bottom line is be we're much, not quite sure what he would do. It'd be much wiser than what I have. But what does Christ think of immigration? Yes. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know where you would come up to Zion and learn her ways. <laughs> I guess. Well, that's no. immigration, isn't it? He's, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's that's what I'm talking about. Is there it's a, a student visa? <laughs> <laughs> so he would improve the green card program. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Anything else? Uh, we could go for a while on this one, but we, we could. And I have several more topics I'm looking forward to talking about at a later date. Okay. Well, and so um, uh, hopefully you've enjoyed our podcast for today. Um, I know there are so many other political topics we could talk about, um, and we've had some good conversations. Unfortunately, we ran out of time, and we weren't able to get to our topic of temptation. I think that's one that we really could spend pretty much a whole episode uh, talking about temptations or some of the different facets. And uh, maybe we'll uh, bring on uh, Mike and he can help us in that conversation next time. So uh, we really enjoyed getting back with you and to our ZB cast. And so we are together at last in Zion. Those remain Zion Valley.